Thank you for listening to my dad and Gabriel on my Our Genius. Hi now. What up, G? What up, what up, what up? How you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Welcome to Mind Our Genius Podcast. I am your host, G Wit. I am here along with my co-host, Gabrielle Leanne. Yes, and we are glad to be back. This is episode 14. 14. It's been a little bit of a breaky break. It's been a minute. I mean, because you know, it's like the summer and you be like doing stuff in the summer. Everybody like takes breaks. We out here living. Living. We out here living. Living la vida loca. <laughs> so we wanted to check back in with everybody, see how you're doing. Give us some updates on just the processing. Um, over the last couple of weeks, we've really both been doing a lot of our own, you know, just concentrating on life, concentrating on growth. Definitely. And we wanted to share some of those things with you. I feel like a lot of people go through these things during these summer months when the sun is out. You get all this energy out here. You get a uh, blizzard. Chocolate. <laughs> yeah, so we figured my my summer black is so popping right now. The super mocha. Yeah, like I'm no, I'm not really mocha, but I'm like a little bit like I'm darker than caramel. I don't. It's like a little toffee. I gotta work on my brown complexion. Just get a box of crayons. Perhaps I should. Burnt sienna. Yeah, it's a whole like there's a whole like like display of brown. I'm at the point now where I actually can appreciate anything that says burnt about my complexion. I mean, oh, talking about complexion, I was just in the store and this woman walked by me and I I promise you, she was the color of coal. Yes. And her, I, I stopped moving and just watched her and the security guy was like, is everything okay? And I was like, if you, if you've never seen magic before like that, it was right there. What did she say? was beautiful and he just started laughing. I was like, she was breathtaking. Yeah. Like she was literally the color of coal. And it was just like smooth it was just onyx, but it was she was beautiful. Onyx and coal are like the same color, right? They are. They're okay. very similar. I think onyx shines though. That's that's what I was going because she was shining. She was like glowing. Yeah. There was like this radiating. She looked like Kind of similar to the same complexion of that young woman who was at Howard's homecoming and went viral yeah. and is now like a supermodel because yeah, yeah. I remember that. she was in the right place at the right time. Well, you know, that was I Howard mean, homecoming. Yeah, it was Howard homecoming. I mean, it's top five, maybe. And top five, but not number one. Yeah. Shout out to Spellhouse. Uh, shout out to nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> joking, I'm joking. You do have the, you know, whatever y'all. We got a great it. school, man. I love my school. What y'all call it? Your homecoming, what's it called? Oh, G-Ho. Greatest yeah, G-Ho, homecoming. Yeah, G-Ho, because y'all got a whole lot of G-Ho's. It's not a lot of G-Ho's. <laughs> <laughs> Quitty banter. So, what are we talking about today? Uh, what we talking about today is transition. What is transition for us? Transformation. Transformation. Everybody yeah. was trying to get this summer body before the summer. Not everybody got there. No, no, no. Mine definitely didn't show I up. I wasn't even like... Working on a summer body. What? I've just been working on my body. Mm-hmm. So, like, transformations. You're doing your thing now. I am. You are. Proud so, of it. One of the things that I wanted to kind of jump into was um, when we were talking before the show, uh, you were talking about just some of the things that you were examining within yourself. Yes. And what that manifest 
interested in, you know, outside to whether that be other people or whether it be just realizations within yourself uh, about how you want to continue to kind of grow and what this is going to come out looking like on the other side. Mm-hmm. So share some of that with us and then I'll get into some of the things that I was, that I've been thinking about as well. Yeah. So like for me, I think like I'm very self-aware and my intuition and like my connectivity to like the universe and everything that's going on has always been something that has resonated deep inside of me and so when I do self-checks when I'm like yo are you good like I want to say around July I was like you're not like you're not good and it was even before like you know we talked about a couple shows back like how heavy graduation was and how like heavy the season of caretaking is but I would say like between February when I lost my mentee to suicide to like July I think there's just been a bunch of unresolved stuff that I've just been kind of like going through the motions with Mm -hmm. and it hit me that like I wasn't good and I had been saying it but I hadn't been really acting on like getting back to me and so I made a decision like girl you gotta like get yourself together because I don't want to just exist like as you know as co-founder of my other entity black girl thrive like it was very intentional with putting those words together because like I don't want to just live I don't want to just exist like I want to thrive and I don't feel like that's where I was and I've been in a space where like uncomfortable fighting fighting to be seen fighting to show fighting to just exist and it it really hit me like you got some stuff to deal with like you have things that are like resonating and revolving because you've not dealt with it like in the craziest thing is what made me pay the most attention was the relationships at work mm. where I was like I have been here before like what is wrong with and I was like it's not what's wrong with people it's how are you showing up into spaces and then how are you reacting and responding to the situations and the circumstances that you're in? And if you don't want to be here anymore, you got to change. Like if you, I've even made a post the other day, like if you've done what you've always done, you cannot expect anything different. Mm-hmm. And so with relationships, because I've looked up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've not maintained relationships. I'm not in a space where like, I feel like I lost a lot of stuff and it was more so like how did you contribute to where you are and the main thing that I've been doing my best not to do is blame or like cast where I am onto others you know what that's really important that you say that because I feel like a lot of things around us don't change right it's a lot about perception right, about right, the way right. that it impacts us and the way that we allow it to be showcased from mm-hmm. the time it touches us um because the same thing i could say for me mm-hmm. um i have since the last time we spoken gotten involved with a whole bunch of stuff you know and trying to not allow those things to consume the way that i feel but more so experience them all for what I'm blessed to be able to provide. Right. right. And so I love the fact that you brought up, you know, all of these things that you were thinking about. And when you're not in the clearest of spaces, the way that it 
that it impacts you mm-hmm. changes. Yeah. So I'm glad that you're taking the time to kind of look in the mirror and say, all right, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Something isn't right. I need to check in on me. Right. And I think that's important. A lot of people don't know how to take the time to do that because we're always taught to, to be givers. And we're also, like, also always taught to, like, place blame on others. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we do enough of, like, self-reconciliation. Like, if you're in a situation, like, whatever the situation is, and it is not good for you and you're there that is some place that you put yourself in Mm. and I feel like you know we talk a lot especially as women I feel I hear this narrative of us being in these spaces or these relationships that don't give us life that don't feed us but we stay Mm -hmm. hoping that you know potential is going to manifest and and I definitely am in a season where I believe in optimism I believe in potential but I also believe in the right now and what things are. And if something isn't life giving to me, I'm not going to hope and wish that it will eventually give life. That's another key point. I think so many people are, they base their own existence and predicate it on someone else's presence. Yeah. And when you do that, number one, you're, you're assigning them responsibility that yep. they should not own, which means that, <coughs> excuse me, that means that when they disappoint you, mm. it's catastrophic to, to you, you, and it should not be. Yeah. Excuse me. You should be able to assign that, assign what it is that they did to them, and say, you know, this was a choice that you made. And as opposed to really blame it for something that happens with you, let them keep that. Yeah, let, let them, them hold, hold on it. Yeah, <laughs> like you hold that. Yeah. And and uh in in this space, I've also been watching, and I'm like, yo, people be throwing shit, mm. <laughs> like yeah. I've been having like what I think are just like simple conversations or like asking questions about things and I get like blah 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 and I'm like whoa bruh like Mm -hmm. it's not that deep and I'm like oh my gosh you're throwing your shit on me Mm -hmm. nope take it back Mm -hmm. I don't like I literally I remember a couple weeks ago I made a post I was like I don't have the capacity to carry all y'all's trauma Mm -hmm. like I'm I'm working on mine so that I don't throw mine on people Stop throwing your trauma on me. Like it's a natural reaction, though. It is, but we gotta get out of it. Like we have got to unhurt. Like and and I think because pain, it's weird because like we're so afraid of pain, but pain is so close to like pleasure and and, and I'm like it's literally on the cusp and I want to go as far deep into my pain and my hurt to come out on the other side as I possibly can mm-hmm. because I'm watching people who I admire who I love, who I look up to, who I respect and I'm starting to see that so much in their world isn't where it could be because they haven't dealt with their they trauma mask. people mask the things that they don't want to face and it's like baby face it yeah. like, and it's so cleansing when what's you the do worst it? that could happen the worst has already happened. Like that's my point. Like what's the yeah. like we 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 regenerating our trauma and shame. Like it it you it it's done. It, I think the other thing is if you restate pain in a state of mind of healing, right? It speaks to you better. Yeah. If I can tell you why I made a decision and now I'm in a, I'm of a sound mind, definitely. I feel like 
now I know better what made that happen. Right. And you can plan accordingly. So I was having a really good conversation with some of my sister girlfriends and we were just talking about, you know, how we are attracted to who we are attracted to. And there was this beautiful dynamic because, you know, I don't have a father and I know that women talk about being attracted to their father or like dating their father. And I know men, you know, have said like the whole, what is it? Freudian concept. Is it Freudian? Yeah. And so it's like, I was listening and they're like, you know, I date my dad. Like it's this dude who does X, Y, and Z. And I was like, I don't know. I date because I don't have a dad. So I'm like, now I'm all like going through my head. Like, who am I dating? Like, is it my first idea? Because you date that first representation of, like, wholeness and love. Because the father or the man is supposed to teach you how to recognize a man and how to receive love. Mm -hmm. And we were just having this deep, complex conversation about if a man is missing from the home or the community, he hasn't only, like, left his child, but he's left a generation of individuals from understanding what the role and position of a man can be, mm-hmm. especially in the lives of children. Right. And right. That's one reason I'm so huge on right. really making sure that with the children that I'm involved with, mm-hmm. not only my own, but the ones I come into contact with, that I give them some context of what these male interactions should look like, whether that be with the little boy or with the little girl, so that they understand, like, First of all, manliness and masculinity. Yeah, it's not about that. That's no, what, I, what yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Manliness and masculinity has been so misconstrued yeah. that it almost removes the human element from right. from people with testosterone. Yeah. And so, like, compassion is lacking. Um, just understanding, listening understanding the true meaning of what submission is where where we're not just saying yo you know do what i tell you to do but we have a common goal we submit in other words under we get under that mission we look at what it is that we're trying to do and we aim toward it yeah and whenever someone gets off track it's both of our responsibility it's all of our responsibility rather right to call out what that mission is again and restate it yeah so that everybody can be on track like these are things that people miss and I think, like, at my job recently, I've had a lot of people in a lot of pain. And they come and they talk to me. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of things that they weren't able to resolve on their own. Mm-hmm. And these are well-put-together people, brilliant people, but they hurt. And so many people aren't able to express their hurt. They're not able to process it. They're not able to have these moments. Like, we have, we've had over these past couple of weeks when mm-hmm. this summer has really beat down on us. But... Bruh. It's allowed us to have the ability just to recapture our essence. Yeah, and I think I think relationships are really important. When I and I when I talk about like and when I when I say like a man missing from the home, I don't necessarily mean like the societal story of like patriarchy and masculinity and especially like toxic masculinity. But like there are roles of humans and men and women are different. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and so like I know that I've learned so much from my brother and you know how he has shown me respect and love and how to cause like you do have to teach humans 
doesn't matter if it's a girl or a boy, how to love, honor, and respect themselves. And if you do that for them, that's their first example of it. So like a mother loving their child, a father loving their child is that child's first example of receiving love and learning how to give love. And so if those senses and those relationships are off, you now have fractured perspectives on what love looks like. And yeah, so that was, that was a deep thing. And I think that's where I am. And I've been this summer because, um, my friends always joke about like, um, Ooh, like 32 year old single woman never had a boyfriend blah 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 and I and we were talking and I was like it's because I had an idea of what relationships look like mm-hmm. and I do like I had this list and a litany of it has to look like this and it, he has to be this and and when I started digging through it it was I've I have avidly said I do not want to date a man with a child and people are like, oh, girl, in this day and age. And I'm like, because I'm a child of a broken home, a fatherless daughter, so I didn't want to be in that situation. Like, I've always said I want to be my husband's first, like, wife, first mother of the child. Like, I want to be that. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, well, that's too much. And it's because I was basing that identity from seeing people in my family and what they had gone through. Mm-hmm watching relationships that my mother and my aunts had been in and my cousins and being like that's not what I want for my life and because that's all I got from it that's what my standards you tied, were you tied those like, you tied those traumatic experiences yeah, together into, yeah, <laughs> you we know. gotta separate them and I'm like wait <laughs> yeah. you know like and then I started like processing like well he, it may be okay if he's a widower and then like <laughs> you like you go through all these things but I also have seen drama like and I and I'm getting to the point where I'm like it don't even matter like if a man you meet someone in whatever situation they have however they show up and however they come and y'all are for each other it'll work it'll work it'll work I, but I, I wasn't there I want you to also people who are listening I want you to understand that what she is describing is not settling and a lot of people oh no say, not settling a lot of people say like you know oh you just put down some of your morals as you get older no 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 you would grab context right and and real life situations and real life humans will disprove what you thought right. about other humans right right and dispel some of that trauma and again we get all trauma but you know everything that happens in your life puts an imprint on you Definitely. one way or the other so and making sure we know how to dispel those right that's what these processing moments are about mm. you know what I'm saying so I think it's cool. And my issues with that had nothing to do with a man being with a woman prior to me and, and bringing forth life. Right. Like, that wasn't it. it. Those were... It was my insecurities being like, you're going to have to always compete with this other... or And the drama. Or me seeing kids who are like, you not my real mama anyway. <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa, wait. It's a whole person. I've heard that before. I know. And so, like, I had this... You know, we all have our little our little list but I've come to a place where I'm like I want to be whole and I want to be with a whole person mm-hmm. and I I talked about the other day like I wrote a letter to some of the people that I have you know gone through life with and either cut out or blocked and like the statement was I apologize for not seeing you see me mm-hmm. like when you showed up 
as you were. Because yeah, because you showed up flawed too. You showed up exactly, and I'm like, I don't need me. Like I apologize for not seeing you see me as you were. Right, which is deep. It's that's a big step. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Are we gonna toast? Oh yeah, toast. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, you got a nice little, little thing, little too. thing to it. So I had a homeboy of mine, mm-hmm. and the other day he wrote, um, "Jimmy, what up?" First of all, what up, Jimmy? Um, he said a sad but beautiful truth is that the people in our lives choose whether they'll love or hate you based simply on how you coexist with their vices and I thought that was like a really really deep statement strictly because in saying that we set expectations for people and when the things that trouble them when we face the things that trouble them we determine how sympathetic we are to their right, situation. Right. And I feel like as I've been trying to be more compassionate in my thought process about other people's situations, I found that there are situations where I was really, really setting a high bar for mm-hmm. someone and not allowing them their ability to be human. Yeah. And then when they disappoint my expectation for right. them, I cut them off. Yep. Ooh, that is where I've been. <laughs> so, that being said, you know, it's, it, again, it's been a really great transitional summer. Yeah. We now, though, are entering into what my single compadres call cuffing season. Yes. Um, now, my cuffing season lasts all four seasons. Um, I really don't let it go. <laughs> Nobody cares. It does have a bit of a cycle to it, though. And that's the really hard part is because within a relationship or a marriage like I'm in, there are seasons. Yeah. And there's a season where I really, really want to go all out. There's other seasons. Mo, forgive me. I know you're listening. (laughs) Where my effort isn't as high as it should be. Yeah. The only thing different about my cuffing season and my single people's cuffing season is that... My game don't end. <laughs> you cuffed. It's the same damn. No, bruh. It's different. You it's are different. cuffed. There's chain game cuffed and then there's handcuffed cuffed. You got cuffing season, but it's not like you're going to get uncuffed. No, I'm not getting uncuffed. That's my point. Uncuffed. You cuffed. Like, bruh. Oh, like... Lord. Cuffing also has to do with the level of commitment. Once you get in this side of the game. I think you using this analogy wrong. I don't. I like my analogy. You can use your little single analogy. You, I'm telling yeah. you, married people gonna understand what I'm talking about. I know we got some married people. If you understand what I'm talking about, I'll give you the information. Listen, I'm going to tell you why yours doesn't work for this. Nope. I'm gonna go through the schedule. Okay, go through the schedule. This is a different season. Cuffing season schedule. Scouting <laughs> begins August 1st to the 31st. Shout out to August, the eighth month of the year. My favorite month. Love this month. Drafting September 1st to the 30th. Tryouts October 1st to the 31st. Preseason November 1st to the 30th. The official cuffing season is December 1st through January 15th. Playoffs is January 16th through the February 13th. The championship game (laughs) is February 14th. The debate is spring break through February 15th um, and March 14th. You can resign or have another spring break March 15th through April 
16th and then you're cuffed or uncuffed April 16th through July 31st. <laughs> you don't ever get uncuffed. I love the date. Sounds pretty good. I mean... <laughs> I don't know. I, I haven't been single in a long time, so I can't really speak on this. So I have to make us cuffing You never a free own. agent. Never. I don't like you using cuffing season. This, okay, what do you want? What's the, the point of cuffing season is to, get, to get your top five and see who going, you know, make it out. You made it out. I think you have, like... I, we need a new season name for, for marriage. We're going to do it right now. We're going to make it up. I feel like y'all have, have like... Season. Not cuffing. It's more like... Balling re- <laughs> No, like... Like, the reinvention of love season. Like, you go through cycles of, like, how can we reinvigorate our love and recommit? There's a song. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. There's a song by Fonte, who's one of my favorite rappers. Oh. And it's called Ball and Chains. This it's is one of the traumatic. Dopest songs about. Well, it turns out that was a really dysfunctional marriage because he got a, um, hmm. a divorce a couple of the months later. The way you're going, I've been trying to say it all night. No, no, about that. <laughs> no, no. Because it talks about the dichotomy between okay. how it feels to be in a permanent cuffed season. Yeah. Um, I don't go through none of these things because my life is all, you know, fruits and berries and chocolate uh, and yeah, strawberries. Uh, wedding music plays every Speaking time I leave of. for work. However, for those that do have problems, you know what I'm saying? We ain't got no problems. <laughs> they, they do have this song called Ball and Chains by Fonte. Listen to it. It was on his last album, Charity Starts at Home. And it's really one of the best depictions of just that balance between um, happiness and misery. Because mm, they're so close. Even with the person you love. Because you know the person you love can make you or miserable. Break you. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's how close, like, pain and love and pleasure is. They're literally like. It came it's right. so. It, it's like a. I love how that just came back. It's like a too. fraction, like a hair. So, you <laughs> shouted out a song. I want to shout out a right, song. You give your song too. So, this song, Voodoo, by Patrick Page the second on Letters of Irrelevance. This song was so deeply complex and it spoke to a specific season in my life. Yeah. And everything that he was saying, I was like, oh, Why are you looking at my life right now? Yes, yeah. like, or a, a season in my life. And I understood everything that he was saying. I didn't like it, but I feel like people need to be more transparent and honest about like where they are and where they're going through because if you communicated more and you allowed somebody the opportunity to stay with you in whatever you're going through, I think we would have better relationships. We absolutely would have better relationships. Everybody from every walk of life and all these huge intellectuals that have spoken on these things for right. years have always talked about how the definition of of strength lies in adversity. Right. And I feel like to add to the definition of strength line and adversity, I think that a lot of the definition of bond happens in moments of vulnerability. Right. And giving and trust. And trust, but also giving the other person the choice to write it out or not. Mm-hmm. Like I think so much of our insecurities, we've decided that somebody isn't going to be willing to like rock with us. And so we start self-sabotaging and, like, ruining situations. So they don't have to see it. 
Right. And and not even that they don't have to see it. We try to prove ourselves right. See, I told you nobody loved me. I told you nobody's going to stick around. No, you pushed everybody away. And I literally had to, I literally had to go through that processing over, um, over this summer. I was, you know, I do a lot of journaling and a lot of letters. And so I've begun writing letters to people that I'm either no longer connected to or we're not as close for whatever reason. And I wrote a letter to a specific individual and I said, in the midst of trying to protect myself and go through self-preservation, I actually went through self-sabotage. Like, I'm over here saying, like, you're not real. This isn't, this isn't possible. I can't possibly deserve this. And I ended up destroying what it could have been because I wasn't where I needed to be when you showed up. Or creating the space right. so that when there was a time that a human side showed up, you could say, well, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. I knew it. And it's crazy because we say that we deserve this and we're whole and we're this. And then sometimes the very thing that we need shows up and we are not where we're supposed to be and we can't see them. Right. And But I think the universe is forgiving in that it allows us the patience and the process to recognize and then to reconcile who we have been with who we are becoming mm-hmm. and not in a way that they can't coexist. Right. Like too many people are trying to run away from who they were. Baby, that's you. And I, you know, what's really, <laughs> what really happens is, and I think another part that really plays into it is once you realize what it was that was your weak point mm-hmm. and you try to go revisit it now you traumatize someone else right someone else's experience yeah to the point that in a lot of ways i feel like it's important for people that deserve it not, not assholes that you go back and you identify where you were in that moment yeah how what happened triggered you at the time right and how the reaction to that trigger was incorrect for them for them it was misplaced on them yeah and I think the one of the biggest things that I found, especially in this long-term relationship that I am in, hmm. in a forever relationship, is that we find so much comfort mm. in the people that we love that we don't mind hurting them. And we don't even consider the impact of our hurt. Yes. That's exactly my point. It's so like, I have to on a very continual basis mm. make sure that I go back and revisit times when I didn't react the way I probably should have reacted right. because I don't get the luxury of writing her off right she's got to stick around she's got to stick around <laughs> and th- this is a good space to be in because not even like going back I'm in a space where I am I know we don't always have time like things happen in split mo- like seconds and moments but I'm in a space where I'm like oh how do I want to respond to this? You got time. How do I want to react to this? Because I can either seal this in to my eternity as a space of additional pain and trauma or a, a point of growth, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and that's the thing. Like, do you want to be whole? Like, that's the common, like... That's question, right? Do you want to be whole? Like, do you? Because I don't think we do sometimes. I think some people 
have become so accustomed to their brokenness that they cannot fathom doing the work that it takes to go beyond it. And in saying that, they get a crutch in their weakness. They get a crutch. The fact that I'm, I can't do this when I could heal it right. and be able to do it has always been a way of justifying our failures. Right. You can't do that. Improving. And I think sometimes we prove to others, like, what they say. And, like, we get... Sometimes we so learn the the nonsense that people spew on us that we start believing it. And we start only seeing through those lenses. And I think this season has been a season of me seeing through my infinite lens. Like, if I was the best version of myself, what does she look like? How does she show up? How does she deal with conflict? How does she deal with uncomfortable situations? How does she set herself up to win? And in the slight case that she doesn't win, how does she come back from it? Right. Because that sets her up for her next win. For every win. Right. Because at the real real end of the day, yo, bro, I win. Like, my story's been written. Like, there's no other version of, like... It's just, what do I look like when yeah. I get to that finish line? And books and chapters have nuance. Right. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes your biggest, your decision to make a loss a loss is how you react. Exactly. It's a loss or a lesson. It's your choice. I think losses are lessons. If you allow it to be. Right. Or you can allow it to be your excuse. And I don't want to live based on excuses. And I don't want to live based on giving power to other people. Like, if we look at our past relationships or past existences, it's like, are you really going to give someone 30, 40, 50, 60 years of your life? Right. Like, you can't listen to that song no more. You can't go to that restaurant no more. You got to take every picture down. You got to delete every email and block. And <laughs> for there's, what? there's this like... Oh, that's too much power. Here's the thing. We don't get to lose the time that we spend. Right. We don't, we don't get it again. So either we can we can assess the moments mm-hmm. and assign the moments as lessons and continue to embrace what it is that we learned through our hurt. Mm-hmm. Or we can pretend and block it out. And then we have to relearn. Over. We have to re-experience. Over and over. With lost time. Right. And we need to be repurposing. We need to be repurposing each season in our life. Because each season in your past life is preparing you for who you're ultimately destined to be. And I think instead of looking like, oh, that's not my friend no more. Oh, that's not my man no more. Oh, I don't talk to that person. It's who was this person in that season? Who was that person helping me to become? Mm -hmm. Because we also don't let go when we need to let go. And we also hold on to stuff that we should have let go of. And we need to start repurposing. And understanding that balance. Right. Yeah, understanding the balance. When right. do you let go? When is that person ultimately a good force in your life for one mistake put them in a bad space? Right, and is that's it, sad. Is it reconcilable? 90% of the time, if they really were about you, yeah. You because I feel like we'd be, I mean, I'm going to tell you 100%. Like, I'm sensitive. <laughs> I'm, I'm a very sensitive person yeah. and you have to understand that about me like I'm not but I'm also 
I'm also gonna ride with you, and it's not gonna take one thing for me to stop banging with you. Right. It's going to take a lot for me to, cause I'm loyal to a fault, and I'm very like ride hard for you, want you to see the world and have the best of everything to a fault. And so it's like if we aren't rocking, like bruh, like what were you doing? Right. You know, like what were you doing? What was I allowing you to do? Because uh, to be a hundred percent honest. There's some ain't shit ass people in this world. There's a lot. Who just miserable and do not care that they are hurting you because they refuse to deal with their trauma. That's their fault. Yep, not mine. Yeah. Once we decide to, to make that differentiation. And once you recognize that some people are just going to be broken and hurt and there ain't enough love in you, you can't fix nobody. Oh, baby, that's so freeing. <laughs> I think both of us are kind of very similar in we're that sense. always in the same space yeah. that's why this is our show yeah, exactly. that's where we're geniuses yes we are <laughs> aha <laughs> yeah it's cool I, I think um, we got real deep we did we do that often though but it's not right. I mean, but this, these are the observations we've made of ourselves in the time that we got to be by ourselves. Right, because um, we had to. But know. we did say that, you know, we were going to talk about relationships and, like, transformations and all of these transitions. But we also talked about dating mm. and what dating looked like. Yeah. And I know I have been asked, like, would you date a white guy? Mm. And... <laughs> You know, that question is so loaded for me. And it's not loaded because I don't fathom ever seeing it happen. Because if if the right white guy came and it was, you know, the universe aligned and it made sense, then, you know, I've, I've never been approached by a white man. And so I know that you were having a conversation with somebody <laughs> about black women dating white men and kind and, of their, and, and, and black men dating white women and they're needing to be like kind of this like pre-qualifying test that like took place like what what's this test yeah so a couple of weeks ago I have a really good friend of mine I grew up with um, named Eddie uh-huh. uh, Eddie's my homie been my homie since we was like three or four yeah. long long time um, and so He's actually in a relationship with a, with a dope dude, like one of you know one of my homies got married. I guess probably about four four years ago. Yeah. Either way, he put together. <laughs> so let me go back. So we have a friend of ours that went to church with us when we went to church back in the day, and uh-huh. she's been just exploring the possibility of maybe dating a white dude. Uh-huh. And we were like, all right, well, you know, that's awesome. We, you know, we love all people. You know what I mean? All, all people matter. All people matter. Yeah. So, <laughs> between Eddie and I, we came up with just some real baseline questions to mm-hmm. ask. Well, let me hear them. Um, we do not have to have answers to them immediately, but I feel like these were <laughs> really, really know. good questions. What are these questions? That drive some very interesting <laughs> responses and, you know. <laughs> so, I'll go through a few of them. Okay. Um, if you want the full list, I will have them available if you ask. But I'm just gonna go. I think you should post it in our Facebook group. I think I will. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the best move. So just just some samples. I give about four or five samples that we had. Top five, top five. Top five. My my top five favorite. Um so one was number five. 
What is a microaggression? <laughs> to have someone who you're supposed to partner with and to have someone who you're supposed to have some advocacy from hey. explain to you what a microaggression is and how to identify one, I feel like sets a very good precedent definitely for what to expect when you get with me. Like, you have to know what that is. You better. You have to know that when I'm at work, and I'm telling you that these women around the water fountain are saying these certain things about my hair mm-hmm. or how I, my disposition is. Right. Today, you have to know what I'm saying. You have to also, you have to also be aware that the type of questions that they ask could have some bearing on their already perceived notion of who you are. Yes. So. And don't you come in my house asking them damn questions. (laughs) So that's one of them. The next one. um, What stereotypes of black women do you believe have some truth to them? Why do you feel that way? That I thought was a really good one. Are we all angry black women? Are we? Are we Michael? Right. Do we have nuance? Do we? The same way that you're allowed to have nuance. So (laughs) that one's a good one. Um, do you know how to play any of the following? Play spades. I mean, a lot of black people don't know how to play spades. Play dominoes. I mean, clap on two and four. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, uh, these are great. Oh man, these um, are so good. There were actually eight parts to the sixth question. I won't really explain why, but it did have an A, B, C, D, E. A 6F and a 6G. Um, so good. So, and this is the last one. And then if you need them, I'll provide them to you. I thought they were genius. Um, again, shout out Eddie. That's my mans. I've known him since we were kids. The last question. <laughs> the last question he had was 7A and 7B. How many of your previous girlfriends slash boyfriends slash spouses were black? If the answer is most or all, so what attracts you to me? And is this a fetish? <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the question. Because that's a thing. Uh, like the fact that I don't want to so be well a fetish. Out, the fact that they were so well so thought well out. That I- Again, he's that literally one of the so smartest people funny. I know in my life. But the way <laughs> these questions are framed draw such important conversations that but I don't want to have to find out. After we married and we got a kid and you trying to tell your mother, like, why my kid's hair curled away, girl. Right. I don't want to have to explain these things. Right. And I don't, I don't want, want your mother in my house asking me questions and make me uncomfortable. <laughs> Get your get so, your family. I thought that was I thought that was a really interesting con and now we did it in a joking manner, but I really do feel like a lot of these questions are questions that you really have most to ask. Most humor has truth to it. Yeah, most humor has truth to it. But the way my man always comes with like he's literally super intelligent. Super intelligent and I love the way he's able to just come up with concepts. Um he's a musician. Yes, he's I saying, love musicians. One day Bring him One on. Day we might have to have him on here. What if we have him and my brother battle? I'm joking, my brother don't battle. 
it would be Your good. Your eyeballs got so big. It would be good because no. I've heard your brother say he gets yeah, busy. He tabs it up. And this guy, he went to uh, Vanderbilt. Oh, nice. Uh, he teaches voice, sings opera. He's oh, a beast. We so might have to get We a really little, might have to make that. We might have to do like a Facebook Live and call them both on. No, I'm joking. No, no, no. I know you guys so excited. Yeah, I totally know how to gas you. Yeah, that was good. Though. That's like my superpower. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, we did talk about how August is my favorite month. Yes. And it's my favorite month because it's the eighth month of the year, and eight represents new beginnings. And I think it's a really great space because we're two months after the half mark. Right, and so if you started your year with all of these goals and some people have resolutions or visions and just things that they want to accomplish and you got to the sixth month and you hadn't done um, nearly as much as you wanted or even half of what you said, I think in the eighth month, you're four months away from the end, but you're also in the space between the next two months that it said will determine what your year to come is. So. Mm-hmm. September and October are supposed to be the months that really speak to what your next year is going to look like, right? And so for me, I feel like I create the most in this month. Like I've launched all my companies in this month. Um, I usually do like a very introspective journaling um, on social media. And what I've seen is women and and men too have really been connecting to my vulnerability. but I think new beginnings also means creativity. And so through creating my truth and revealing my truth, I'm helping people have a space to do the same. Yeah. And so my like charge to our listeners and to you, my co-host, would be to spend the next few weeks within this month and try to create as much as possible to see that overlay and how it falls into September and October. Like, this is the month that kids go back to school. You know, th- this Thank is... God. Thank God for that. Because kids, during the summer, are really <laughs> expensive. Um, so, I didn't let, expect that. I'm glad we got the new, <laughs> new beginning of this school year. Because these little niggas is getting on my nerves. I'm sorry. Yo, I'll be weak because I'll be so excited about first day of school pictures. But I feel like behind the camera, everybody's like, yes! yes! Take this little nigga. Get this little, take this little. Take him and teach him something. Speaking of nigga, we say nigga on our podcast. We do. Quite often. We do. And I just recently had a conversation with a uh, new associate where he got in trouble for saying the N-word. Yes. Didn't you have a situation like I that did. too? Yeah, a friend of mine actually... Um, <laughs> We hope you're not offended by us saying the word nigga. Yeah, I mean, and, and here's the thing. Um, I understand both sides of this argument. So, so, so do I. Now, I don't want to make it seem like I'm out here like preaching, oh, if you don't say it, you ain't real. Nah, we're not doing that. I come from the South. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from the South where there is a habitual abuse. Number one, of the human language in general. But number two, of black people so there in the time when at one point it was something used to like tear us down right and still um, is and still is very much used to tear us down mm-hmm. I think number one it angers people who cannot say it <laughs> to hear it said so much 
and then policed by the ones it was supposed to hurt. And them not being allowed to say it is just one more hit on their privilege. Right. Like, have um, you seen that meme? I just saw a meme recently, and it was like, you know, it's you, you, like, um, I don't want to get it wrong, but like, Jewish people say, don't say this, and white people are like, cool, cool, cool. Or like, Chinese people or Asian people, you can't say this certain word, and everyone's like, cool, 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 I understand, I understand. You know, homosexuals, you're not allowed to say this word or cause it. Oh, yes, yes, everybody's free, we believe in that, and it's like, don't say this word, and it was like the Arthur hand. <laughs> you know the Arthur yeah, meme with the, the fist? fist. It's like, what you mean? It's like, yeah. Yeah, freedom of speech and all that. <laughs> um, this particular question did come from someone of Hispanic descent, right? And so, I think her her uh, real concern was that, you know, while she does detest the word and doesn't even want to say it. She hears it a lot because we say it a lot. Right. Um, and I explained to her that there are times when I say it um, informally, just kind of casually. Yeah. And I, I don't do it in a way that that spews hate. Yeah, and it doesn't enforce a lot of what... And normally people say, oh, you can't separate it. But it doesn't enforce like what people are thinking it enforces who aren't a part of and this is a big huge thing I just had a conversation with um, a woman of Jewish descent and we were talking about issues that trouble us and she had made a comment about one of the like worst things that's happening to in, in the world right now is the injustice against women and reproductive rights and how women are just losing their rights and it's we're just we're going backwards for women and she likened the current political climate against women and reproductive rights and equal pay to slavery come on and i sat there and i listened and it turned and i said and she kept saying it and i was like i just i need you to know what you're saying because people do that a lot like oh this is like the holocaust this is like what's happening right now with the you know the immigration crisis and these young immigrant families being separated and put in the cage like i've seen people of color saying like oh y'all wasn't worried about it when america was doing that to us and native americans and to you know, the Japanese with their concentration. And I'm like, can we stop trying to compare our traumas to each other? Like, your trauma is your trauma. What happened to you is what happened to you. But for you to liken your, like, don't, because then you end up devaluing the experience of those who went through it. I'm not saying that what your experience isn't horrible. It is not the worst thing that could possibly have ever happened to you in your community. But you don't have to compare it to my tragedy. And so, like, we, you know, I was like, um, shadow slavery and what you're describing, Two different not things. the same. All encompassing, actually. Not like, So, the take same. all those things that you're complaining about for yeah. these separate things yeah. for these couple of years. Not the same. Throw it all into a bucket. Like, mix in non human Just, rights. just crazy. I was literally like, not the same. And I had to speak up because I also was very calculated, intentional because I wanted her to grow in that moment and not retreat Mm -hmm. and so with that like using the n-word I I overheard a conversation where 
these co-workers were speaking very familial it was two black men speaking to each other and they were really hyped about something and the n-word had slipped out and their white co-worker heard and was alarmed and just so in her feelings and just reported them to hr co-worker kathy co-worker kathy just kathy and like my thing is they didn't say it they weren't calling it to like she was so offended that they said it and just felt like it was so wrong and i'm like it's because you don't even like you didn't even take the moment in time to like talk to these young people about whatever or why they were saying it but you don't understand it like if you listen to the sentence i'm sure it was not even that like y'all be all up in everybody's business like when y'all be doing stuff i don't be in your face i don't care Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Like, there is a bunch of white stuff that transpires that I don't care about. For instance, putting Brussels sprouts and macaroni and cheese. I don't care. I'm not going to eat it. Um, just don't bring it. But you I'm not going to eat it. Yeah, and I'm not going to report it. I'm not going to call nobody on you mm-hmm. for doing it. Yeah. Like, or having your child without any clothes on in a public place with a leash <laughs> in, the middle, in the middle of the floor with feces on them. <laughs> I don't I can't do this. <laughs> You've seen it. <laughs> You've seen it. All right. I don't care. I ain't never called CPS on nobody. Or letting your child sit. Ooh, I got it. Letting your child and your dog sit on the top of the dining table at a Starbucks, equally sharing food on the top of the table. It's okay. Their dog. For me. To not, to not care. Care and to let whatever you're doing that's dysfunctional just, just be what it is. I know I'm never going to sit at that table. Never. I ain't having dinner at your crib, and if you work with me, we'll not be having a bottle. We're not having a bottle. And I didn't call nobody on you. Right. There was, I didn't even bring it to nobody's attention. I didn't care. You just watch. Well, whatever. It ain't my table. There's a homie, not a homie, Tanisi Coates. Yes. So he was asked about this um, mm-hmm. recently, and I think yeah, he, from a from a very practical standpoint, he said, and I'm a, I'm a paraphrase. paraphrase you can look it. you can look this up. It's really dope. It's on um it's on YouTube, and there was a young lady that asked him, um you know she wanted to sing kind of the N word in her lyrics or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And he said there are relationships mm. with words that exist between people. So, my wife, she calls me babe. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's a word that everybody can use. Yeah. But there are times when that word is appropriate to be used and times when it's not. So, if there's somebody who calls me babe and they, the relationship between me and that person doesn't exist the same way that me and my wife does, that word is inappropriate. Who's calling you babe outside of your wife? I should hope no one. Because they will have problems. Right. But that's what I'm saying. So, so the fact that that word exists between me and her because of a relationship that right. we built with it and it's established, it's ours, right? She can call me whatever our nickname is. Right. It's ours. 
right? But if somebody outside of that relationship tries to do it, it feels like a violation. It is a violation. It is a violation. So, as opposed to really being upset that you can't use it, the N-word that is, not babe. Well, don't call me babe. I don't want you getting smacked up. But, <laughs> outside of just that relationship between black people who have a common bond and, and no ill intent behind the word or not the same fuel behind the word that it has coming from other parties we kind of back off that word and we defend it right I, my, my wife would defend babe because that's her name for me yeah you know what I'm saying so I, and I think the thing he asked was he was like more so than being worried about why you can't use it ask yourself why, why you, you want to, use to? It. And I think that's the biggest thing. Um, I don't want to hyper-criticize what other people say to themselves in relationships that have bonded them enough to use a word. However, if it's used out of its context and without that relationship attached, then there's a different evaluation that has to take place. Right. And the crazy thing about all of that is the space in which we put ourselves to not understand the depth of the relationship with words like for instance like the n-word historically and like i know i have family members i have older um people who have lived through the time when that word was nothing but hate Mm -hmm. and like there was no if ands buts about it that was a hateful word but then we look into like the lgbtq community where they have re-harnessed the word queer, mm-hmm. right? Queer used to be a derogatory statement, yes. but in existence, it means other. It means this, it's something else. And a lot of people self-identify as queer to take the power away from somebody calling them that or somebody labeling them mm-hmm. or somebody imparting their knowledge. And so when we think of the N-word and how it has transformed, we really have to look at hip hop hip hop culture and how hip hop culture regenerated that word to be something for them and accept it or don't but like just because you don't accept something doesn't mean that you get to say it right. and or just, make the rule right, or whether or not right, say it right right and why you can't like that I'll keep going back to that like why like like why are you so invested like you have too much time you have too much time on your hands and you're so worried about other people that you can't possibly be living your best life (laughs) like you just you can't possibly (laughs) be living like like peppermint patty with the permit and like y'all can't possibly be living your best life because you're so worried about me now in the case of the young lady that asked me I don't think it was that I think she was just confused as to so like wait a minute wait a minute I thought that word was off limits so I wanted her to I wanted to make sure she understood she's not necessarily the barbecue Becky and all that but I don't know she could be a friend so I think we are in the space where we have got to allow growth and experience to be what they are for whomever they need to be. Right. And and allow space for dialogue. Yeah. 
and for not, debate. Yeah, and for debate. Right? And healthy debates. Because we don't always have to agree. And you do not always have to understand my perspective or my perception of things to agree with who I am as a person. Right. And we can have a dialogue about it if you don't. We can agree to disagree. Right. Like a hundred times. Like, I can love you enough to let you do what you gotta do. Right. Right. So, we're in an hour. We're, we're there. This has been refreshing. It's been so great. Yeah. I missed you. Definitely, I missed you too. We missed y'all. Y'all, did y'all miss us? Hit us up, man. Yes. I've been, I've been hit up a few times, like, yo. What's good? What you mean? You've well, been canceled and now I've got no more episodes. Yo. So, I'm glad that um, I'm glad that we were able to reconnect. Thank you for listening. Uh, we was never canceled, bro. No, that was never. the name of an episode. Yeah, name of the I episode. canceled Drake and all of the other folks. Women. <laughs> all the other white. All women. the white women. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I'm uncanceling Drake because Scorpion. No, you don't like it. We. I respect you enough. To I don't care what you exactly. gonna say. I uncanceled Drake because I want y'all to know I'm an emotional being and Drake be well, right got that. there. Yeah, he is the with, emotions whisperer. I love him. He's alright. I only canceled him for that one situation. I mean that, he wasn't canceled forever. It was worth it though. It, it was we good. canceled his subscription. But I mean, you know, he came out with a double album. He did. He did what Drake always does. Um Y'all just don't like him because he be singing and crying to me. A friend. <laughs> A friend of mine said Drake is, um, what is it? The egg color white walls in the house. Drake is Aubrey, and y'all keep trying to make him a thug rapper, and he don't have no thug rapping experience. <laughs> he got no thug. Like he's rapper. not a gangster at all. Drake been telling y'all for years. I like to drink. I like strippers. I accidentally fell in love with a prostitute. Like he been telling y'all who he is from jump like B. He not Drake a thug. The white paint of, of apartment. He Aubrey. So what I say, what it, the way that it was painted out is shout out to Twine of Where's My Forty Acres. He's so stupid. He said, the rap game is a house. Yeah. Without Drake in it, and the white walls, it doesn't seem normal at this point. But yeah, it doesn't was... wow you when you walk into the house. It. Not, let me finish. <laughs> it doesn't wow you when you walk into the house. It's consistent. It's in every house. It's white white paint. But when somebody comes along and gives you an accent wall, you're like, yo, that motherfucker nice. Bruh, I'm just... <laughs> That's Drake to me. I... He's good. He's so consistent. So none of them? So you didn't like none of them? No, he can rap. So but it don't you didn't do like emotions? All it is... I, come on, son. So... All, it, all Drake is is the white paint on a wall. So... Of every house in the fucking world. You didn't like Elevate? You didn't like Emotionless. Not God's plan. Wait, time out. out. How you gonna have an album with Emotionless and In My Feelings on the same album? Because he... You're doing too much. Because there's seasons. You didn't like Nice For What? Are we gonna do this right now? You didn't like Sandra's Rose? Sandra's Rose is dope. Okay! And now we're leaving. Bye! Don't you hate that person? Hey y'all, this is Gabrielle here reminding you to check out our website www.mindourgenius.com Shoot us a note, share a story idea, 
tell us how you feel about how we do it as we curate the new Black American persona. Also, hit us up on Instagram, follow us at myargenius, and fly the star Facebook. Facebook.com slash